across the UK. Overnight with Martin Kelman. There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico You got to be in so much to see in Mexico Yep, so where are we going now? Uh, to Campeche in Mexico. And uh, we say a very good evening to our uh, good friend, uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. Good evening. It never gets old, that song, does it? No, it, it doesn't. Ages. It just ages beautifully. It's, well, like it a has. fine something. Like a fine wine. Yeah, it has. It's, 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 I mean, and, uh, you know, we think it ought to be reissued. I still think it would be a hit again. All over, all yeah, over, well, yeah. Maybe for the World Cup in 2026, we can start a campaign because at least some of the World Cup Will is going to be yeah, of it is. in Mexico as well. So maybe we can start. A, a, well, I think we've already started an underground campaign Very for this. So maybe we can just gradually ramp it up uh, bit by bit until yeah, we, re, we relaunch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, tell me about the presidential election in Argentina. We we moan about inflation over here, which is running at you know, anywhere around about 10% or so. Um, it's a little bit higher in uh, Argentina. Yeah, and that's one of the worries always with inflation is that um, it's not just when it's 10%, which is bad enough, but if you lose control of it, then you really, really uh, lose control of it. And it leads to all manner of, I guess, kind of social... Uh, implosions. Inflation at the moment in Argentina is 124% uh, year on year, which means that the government has to hike up interest rates to where they currently are, which is 118%. Perhaps worst of all, the Argentine peso is so worthless that Brazilian football fans have taken to publicly uh, filming them ripping up the Argentine peso and posting it on TikTok and there are other social media outlets in order to antagonize um, they're Argentine uh, rivals. counters, yeah. Uh, yeah, rivals across the water. Um, yeah, definitely not living its best time. But I guess with Argentina, it's not. This is not new. This is Argentina, which was, as when we spoke about Venezuela last week, in the early 20th, 20th century, it was one of the world's richest mm. economies with, with its production of beef, wheat, farm goods, and it had a massively educated uh, migrant workforce. But then a number of different things happened, and basically about two um generations ago in the late 80s after the uh the few years after the military dictatorship when the first democratic government came into play there was the beginnings of mass spending uh public payrolls grew out of control <clears throat> excuse me and that was the first time when inflation went crazy and it reached 5000 percent in 1989 to the extent that prices at supermarkets uh, read out prices read out costs over the tannoy instead of them being ticketed because it was just shifting so much. And mm. then not long after that, uh, it reached a mass deficit, which was at 100 million US dollars, the biggest ever sovereign default. And that's been going on uh, arm in arm with the IMF, International Monetary Fund, dirty words in Argentina, to the extent that uh, governments of the left, of the right, have never been able to, to put a lid on it. And that's where this week's specific story comes in, where artists in Argentina are using currency as a canvas because just drawing on uh, a note, a relatively worthless note as an artist, means that the artwork increases the value of the note 
immediately and you have a chance of actually holding some value beyond, uh, you know, on a, on a day to day basis. The currency has depreciated against the US dollar 60 percent this year. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, that. That story about the artists actually adding value to the currency by actually painting on it. It's just amazing. Um, tell us about uh, Shakira, uh, Colombian, of course, uh, but she's being pursued by the uh, Spanish tax man. Yeah, by the diligent Spanish tax man. He is, he is a diligent soul. Yes, yeah, so Shakira, Shakira. Uh, is, is she our most famous Colombian? Uh, maybe that is... Uh, this week's competition, I don't know, but she's, I think she probably is. Can't yeah. think of any others off the top of my head. Well, only footballers, uh, really. You would have to be a footballer, wouldn't it, to be more famous, but no, it's got to be yeah, Shakira. And, and Escobar doesn't count anymore because you can't really cite dead folk. No. Uh, anyway, she's been, we digress, she's been accused of tax uh, crimes in Spain for the second time. The first time is actually about to go to court, which uh, covers the period of 2012 to 20. 14, the fiscal year in which she allegedly owes 12 million and goes down to the fine margins of whether she spent a day more, whether flying into Spain counts as a day in Spain or as a day somewhere else in terms of your uh, tax domicile uh, status. And the second time, she's just, this has just been issued now, relates to 2018. She was at the time still living in, uh, in bliss with her uh, then boyfriend Gerard Piquet, no longer uh, in, in, in that sort of, in, in starry-eyed love in, in Barcelona. And, uh, in which the Spanish authorities say that because they were living together, as such all earnings earned, made internationally should go through the Spanish state. And this is the crux of the situation because it relates fundamentally to international superstars who earn in many jurisdictions, all with different laws. And the question is, of course, where do they, they pay tax? She's not the first. Leo Messi, I think it's easy to forget that both Leo Messi and Ronaldo actually were given jail sentences in Spain for tax fraud, uh, but they managed to defer those for increased uh, payments. But given given the context that we've got of the huge fines that they received and a number of other high profile individuals, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for Shakira, Shakira, Shakira to escape these uh, uh, this this pursuit by our bespectacled man with a with a big folder and a pen. Indeed, absolutely. Um, looking at sport now, it's uh, the Rugby Union World Cup is uh, going on at the moment. And uh, later today, uh, Argentina versus uh, Chile. Obviously, Chile aren't going to progress, but Argentina can. They can. Los Pumas, the, P- the Pumas versus the Condors. Los Condores, neighbours with a similar rugby heritage historically, but... Argentina way more developed. They have never lost to Chile, so I don't think we should expect this to uh, to happen for the first time tomorrow. And Chile have today in the UK, Chile have conceded a minimum uh, minimum of 40 points in each of their last outings at the Rugby World Cup, conceded 22 tries, only scored 22 points. So this is something of a warm-up match. 12 changes for Michael Chaker's side before between their last match against uh, Tonga and then uh, and this one happening tomorrow. And this is obviously going to lead to a straight shootout in the last match in the group uh, between Argentina and Japan uh, to see who goes through uh, with a winner likely playing Wales a week uh, after that. So not really more than a foregone conclusion, but for sure in terms of the development of rugby as a, as a, as a global sport and uh, South America, because it's not just Argentina and Chile, it's also mm-hmm. Uruguay as a, as a fledgling or maybe not so fledgling base for the development of the sport there certainly is important locally.
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, just finally on sport, uh, Canelo is back. He is back. Saul Canelo Alvarez. Uh, he is fighting uh, Jamel Charlo uh, in Vegas. Two. I guess it doesn't sound like a big bout, I guess, but it, I mean it really is. He's Canelo is now fought in Vegas seventeen times if you count uh, this bout uh, tomorrow, of which three are in the top ten grossing bouts in Vegas history. This is two undisputed four belt. Uh, champions that are facing off in Vegas. Uh, I was looking at the stats, and Alvarez, well, both are 33 years old. Alvarez, uh, 59-2-2. Charlo, 35-1-1. and And that's remarkable because they are the same age. And Alvarez has basically fought four, uh, twice as uh, many times as Charlo. It just gives us a sense of Alvarez, um, Alvarez's ability and, and desire and the fact that he doesn't tend to choose easy opponents. So it's not as though uh, those bouts have ever been uh, straightforward. Charlo is, despite the fact that he is at junior middleweight, a couple of weights down, uh, he is four inches taller, has a longer reach, but Canelo has four uh, taller boxers before we all know what Canelo mm. brings uh, to the party. He's odds on favorite. Uh, he, uh, I think for Charlo to make any inroads uh, tonight, he's really going to have to punch hard and hurt a fighter who famously doesn't get hurt and also mm. crucially take punches he's never taken uh, before. So we'll see what happens there, but I think it just continues the incredible history of this most incredible Mexican boxer, uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez. Indeed, who is um, such a local hero as well. Um, brilliant. Huge, huge. Yeah, huge, as we've said several times. Um, John, as always, thank you ever so much. We'll uh, talk again next week, if that's okay. By which time, the Argentine peso will have devalued probably another 20%. Unbelievable, isn't it? It's like um, like Germany in the 30s. Uh, thanks ever so much. Uh, we'll talk again next week. Take care. Good man. There we go. John Bonfilio joining us from uh, Campeche in Mexico.